Hello, friends. It's June 4th, and we are happy to be spending this time together reading and reflecting upon the scriptures. This is the One Year Bible Tour Guide. My name is David McAdam, and I am happy to serve as your host as we take in the meta narrative of God's redemptive self disclosure in history. Each day we read portions from the Old and New Testaments, the Book of Psalms, and Proverbs. We are in the historical books of the Old Testament, dealing with the kings of Israel. But in the midst of this historical book of Second Samuel, we read two Psalms of David. The first one in chapter 23 echoes Psalm 18, and G. Campbell Morgan notes that it expresses, quote, David's deepest convictions of the absolute sovereignty of God, his omnipotent power to deliver, the necessity of obedience to his law, and that in the case of such obedience, he ever acts for his people, end quote. These convictions give us an insight to the character of David. This psalm is followed by a second one in chapter 23, the last words of David. This psalm speaks of the faithfulness of God in spite of David's own failures. We also will be reading of David's mighty men. In the New Testament, we'll be reading an exciting portion from the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit births the New Testament community when the day of Pentecost fully arrives. Our friend Joe Rosado is with us today, and we'll be reading Psalm 122 just before we conclude our journey in the book of Proverbs. But let's begin by going to 2 Samuel chapter 22. This year, I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the One Year Bible. The June 4th portion is 2 Samuel chapter 22, beginning with verse 1. And we will be reading through to chapter 23, verse 23. First, we have David's Song of Deliverance. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of shale entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, to my God I called. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked, the foundations of the heavens trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He was seen on the wings of the wind. He made darkness around him his canopy, thick clouds, a gathering of water. Out of the brightness before him, Clouds of fire flamed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered His voice. And He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of His nostrils. He sent from on high, He took me, He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. 
He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and from his statutes I did not turn aside. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from guilt. And the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. With a merciful, you show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you deal purely. With the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide space for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and destroyed them and did not turn back until they were consumed. I consumed them, I thrust them through, so that they did not rise, they fell under my feet. For you equipped me with strength for the battle, you made those who rise against me sink under me, you made my enemies turn their backs to me, those who hated me, and I destroyed them. They looked, but there was none to save, they cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. I beat them fine as the dust of the earth, I crushed them, and stamped them down like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with my people. You kept me as the head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. Foreigners came cringing to me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and brought down peoples under me, who brought me out from my enemies, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from men of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king, and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Chapter 23 The Last Words of David Now these are the last words of David. The oracle of David, the son of Jesse, the oracle of the man who was raised on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, When one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, he dawns on them like the morning light, like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass to sprout from the earth. For does not my house stand so with God? For he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure. For will he not cause to prosper all my help and my desire? But worthless men are all like thorns that are thrown away, for they cannot be taken with the hand. 
but the man who touches them arms himself with iron and the shaft of a spear, and they are utterly consumed with fire. Next we read of David's mighty men. Verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Josheb Bashabeth, a taught Gemonite, he was chief of the three. He wielded his spear against eight hundred whom he killed at one time. And next to him, among the three mighty men, was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, son of Ahohai. He was with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel withdrew. He rose and struck down the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clung to the sword. And the Lord brought about a victory that day, and the men returned after him only to strip the slain. And next to him was Shammah, the son of Agi the Hararite. The Philistines gathered together at Lehi, where there was a plot of ground full of lentils, and the men fled from the Philistines. But he took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and struck down the Philistines, and the Lord worked a great victory. And three of the thirty chief men went down and came about harvest time to David at the cave of Adullam, when a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then at Bethlehem. And David said longingly, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate. Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and carried and brought it to David. But he would not drink of it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went at the risk of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. Now Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was chief of the thirty, and he wielded his spear against three hundred men, and killed them, and won a name beside the three. He was the most renowned of the thirty, and became their commander, but he did not attain to the three. And Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, was a valiant man, of Kabzael, the doer of great deeds, he struck down two Ariels of Moab. He also went down and struck down a lion in a pit on a day when snow had fallen. And he struck down an Egyptian, a handsome man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but Benaiah went down to him with a staff and snatched the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. These things did Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and won a name beside the three mighty men. He was renowned among the thirty, but he did not attain to the three and David set him over his bodyguard. And this is the end of our reading from the Old Testament passage today from Second Samuel. Now let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. David acknowledges that the Lord is the source of his strength. In verses 20 to 27, we have the righteousness of another king in view. This king has the righteousness that David desired but did not attain. The righteousness of God would be found in his descendant, the righteous branch. In Jeremiah 23, verse 5, we read, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he will reign as king, and act wisely, and do justice and righteousness in the land. Jesus could claim the clean hands and the perfect record of law-keeping. In 2 Samuel 22, verses 21 through 27. And his righteousness would be credited to those joined to him by faith. We were created to mirror the moral character of God. All of us fall short of this glorious ideal in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. 
but Jesus, the greater David, is the express image of God. Verses 20 through 27a perfectly apply to him. The Father could say of our Lord, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, Jesus had the witness of the Spirit and the spoken word that he had the delight and favor of God upon him. He said, I always do what pleases him. In John chapter 8, verse 29, and in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 20, we read, He also brought me forth into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. We can take heart in the fact that we are identified in a faith union with him. God the Father has imputed the righteousness of Christ to our account. We are accepted in the beloved Son of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. As recipients of his mercy, we can say with David, And you save an afflicted people but your eyes are on the haughty whom you abase. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord illumines my darkness. As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tested. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. 2 Samuel 22, verses 28, 29, and 31. The Lord enables us to do what we could not do, as described in 2 Samuel 22, verse 30. For by you I can run upon a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. The Lord enables us to go where we could not go. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me on my high places in 2 Samuel 22 verse 34. He gives us a victory that we could not win on our own in 2 Samuel 22 verse 36. You have also given me the shield of your salvation and your help or your gentleness makes me great. This psalm ends with a doxology setting forth the praiseworthiness of God as the omnipotent deliverer who has shown his unfailing kindness to his anointed king in verses 47 through 51. He is a tower of deliverance to his king and shows loving kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. As in Christ ones, we can say we have the sure mercies of David. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 3 and Acts chapter 13, verse 34. Chapter 23 records the final psalm of David. These are his last words. David reflects upon his life and the grace that he has received. God has spoken through him. God has given him a foretaste of his future kingdom. In verse 3, he sings of the ideal kingship, and yet he is conscious of his own personal failures. He has not realized the ideal of ruling over men in righteousness, yet he knows that God does. And God is faithful to his covenant promises. He will be faithful to uphold justice, punish the wicked, bringing to fruition his plan of salvation through the person of his Son. In verses 8 to 23, we have a description of David's mighty men and their deeds. There's Joshib Bashabeth, also called Adino the Esnite, chief of the three, who raised his spear against 800 in one encounter. There's Eleazar, one of the three, who stood his ground against the Philistines till his hand froze to the sword. Then there's Shammah, who took his stand against the enemy, defended the lentil field until the Lord brought about a great victory. When David was in the stronghold at the cave of Adullam, the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David expressed his desire for a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem. The three mighty men risked their lives, went behind enemy lines, drew water from the well, and then carried it back to David. David is so overwhelmed by the love and dedication of the three 
that he refuses to drink it, but pours it out as a drink offering to the Lord. Abishai, David's nephew, the son of Zeruiah, is also given the honorary title of chief of the three, even though he was not included in the three. He is given this honor because of his heroic performance in battle, raising his spear against three hundred men. Benaniah is also given honorary mention. He is struck down by two of Moab's best men. And by the way, he also went down into the pit and killed a lion on a snowy day. In chapter 23, verse 20, with just a club in hand, he took the spear out of the hand of an Egyptian warrior and killed him with it. His performance gave him greater honor than the thirty, and he became as famous as the three. David put him in charge of his bodyguard. These mighty men give us a picture of noble service to the king of kings. These men are so committed to his cause that their hand is frozen to the sword. You cannot pry their spiritual weapons from them. They understood that being in the minority with God is better than being in the majority without Him. They were persistent, resilient, and fully committed in their service. David's response indicated that these servant warriors were reflecting the attributes of God, and therefore he poured out the water received at the cost of their sacrificial love as a drink offering to the Lord. And now we go to a climactic moment in the lives of the disciples when the Holy Spirit is given on the day of Pentecost in our New Testament reading from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 47. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire, appeared to them, and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. 
Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses." being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself." And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about three thousand souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This concludes our reading from the New Testament passage from the book of Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, the promise of the Father and the Son, the blessed comforter, the Holy Spirit, is given to the 120 assembled in the upper room when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, King James Version. Many Jews from throughout the Mediterranean world assembled in Jerusalem for this major feast. Although more than four times that number, together at one time, had seen Jesus raised from the dead, Only 120 were together at the time when Jesus baptized them with the Holy Spirit. The church was born in that upper room in Jerusalem. Psalm 87 verse 4 reads, I shall mention Rahab and Babylon among those who know me. Behold Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia. This one was born there, in Zion, 
that is in Jerusalem, in Christ. But of Zion it shall be said, This one and that one were born in her. And the Most High Himself will establish her. The Lord will count when He registers the peoples, This one was born there. As we have seen from Scripture, the gift of the Holy Spirit did not come because these 120 were fasting and praying for an outpouring. They did not even know what to expect. The Holy Spirit was poured out on a day that God had appointed 1,500 years before it happened. Exodus chapter 23, verse 16, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 4, and verses 15 through 22. The day and the purpose for which the Holy Spirit was given had been foretold. This was the beginning of a global harvest. Because of the work of our great high priest, in one move, two loaves representing two groups, Jews and Gentiles, are raised up together to be accepted by God in Christ. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 20. What happened in Acts chapter 2 is not a result of what the church did in Acts chapter 1, but is a result of what Jesus did when he was glorified at the right hand of the Father. He baptized his church with the Holy Spirit. The Father clothed the church with power from on high. This was promised by God the Father in Isaiah chapter 32 verse 15, chapter 44 verse 3, Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 26 through 27, and God the Son in John chapter 14 verse 26, chapter 15 verse 26, chapter 16 verses 8 through 15. The Feast of Pentecost also commemorated Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with the law written on tables of stone. The law included the written commandments of what God required for righteousness and the instructions for the tabernacle and its offerings which foreshadowed how the law would be fulfilled when the word is made flesh to tabernacle among us. Now on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is given to write the law upon the fleshy tables of the hearts of the redeemed instead of the sounding of the shofar in Exodus chapter 19 verse 16, there is the sound of the blowing mighty wind from heaven. Instead of fire descending upon Mount Sinai, there is the appearance of small tongue-like pillars of fire coming to rest on the heads of the hundred and twenty in Acts chapter 2 verses 2 and 3. At the first giving of the law at Sinai, three thousand died in Exodus chapter 32 verse 28. As the Holy Spirit comes on this day of Pentecost, 3,000 are saved. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. The newborn church in Jerusalem was now the new temple of the Spirit, and each member's body was the temple of the Holy Spirit where the glory of the Lord abides. The 120 are given the gift of speaking in 14 or 15 different distinct dialects that were understood by the internationals on the streets and in the temple court in Jerusalem. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the boldness of this fresh anointing, preaches Christ. He explains that what they are witnessing is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies and Jesus' promise to baptize with the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, only the priests, prophets, and kings were anointed. They were observing now the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy in Joel chapter 2, verses 28-32, through 32, where the Holy Spirit is promised to not just a few, but to all believers— the Holy Spirit would anoint all those in Christ, sons and daughters, young men, old men. Instead of the priesthood privileges given to an elite few, such as one tribe among the twelve, all those who received Jesus as Lord in repentance and faith would now be part of this royal priesthood and holy nation as it was originally intended in the law. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, and in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Using the Scriptures, 
Peter points to the fact that the earth-shaking events that they have witnessed, the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, are a fulfillment of God's plan. Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed king, priest, and prophet, in Acts chapter 2, verse 25-36, through 36, prophesied in Scripture, in Psalm 16, verses 8-11, through 11, and Psalm 110. When Peter preaches, the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin, their own accountability before God, and their desperate need for a right standing with God. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, Peter tells them what Jesus told them to do, Repent and believe the gospel. They were then to show their identification with Christ in His death, burial, and resurrection by being baptized. As people are obedient to the gospel, they come alive to God through faith in Christ. Notice the life signs. They repent. They come apart from the perverse generation to be a royal priesthood and holy nation. They join together with other believers. They hunger for the word of God. Daily they continue in the apostles' doctrine, the fellowship of believers, the breaking of bread, that is Christ-centered worship, and the prayer life of the church. They care for one another as family. They are willing to make sacrifices to fulfill the Great Commission. Many liquidated their assets to provide for the ongoing discipleship and hospitality for the new converts who decided to stay with the church in Jerusalem after coming to the temple for the Pentecost feast. The chapter concludes that the birth and the growth of the church was the Lord's doing. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Now let's go to the Bible's songbook, the book of Psalms, and reading Psalm 122 today is our brother Joe Rosato. Psalm 122, a song of ascents of David. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Thank you, Joe. Psalm 122 is the third step in the Song of Ascents. These were the psalms that were sung by the pilgrims on their way up to the temple at Jerusalem. Verses 1 through 5 speak of the joy of corporate worship. It is fitting that we read this after reading Acts chapter 2, when all the Jews went up to Jerusalem for Pentecost. Within her gates they were born from above. God has given Christ to be head over all things to the church. The thrones for God's people are within her walls. In verse 6 we read that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, the earthly city, and the heavenly one, for the newborn nation of the church and the nation of Israel. Let us seek the peace and the good of God's people. Now let's go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 16, verses 19 
and 20. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Proverbs 16 verse 19 contrasts the humble with the proud. Regardless of our economic status, we must cultivate a humble spirit recognizing our need to lie low in acknowledgement that all we have needed God's hand has provided. It is better to associate with the poor and their lack than with the proud and their plunder. It is better to be oppressed than to be an oppressor of others. Verse 20 reiterates a promise found throughout the Bible. Those who heed God's word and trust Him will be blessed. Let's conclude our time together with prayer. Father, You are our rock, our refuge, our strength, and our song. You are faithful to your covenant promises. You rule in righteousness through your Son, our Lord and Savior. You are our salvation. It is by your doing that we are put into Christ, your beloved Son. In Him we have life. Through Him we have been born of your Spirit and given access to your throne. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit for writing your law on our hearts. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Thank you for the gift of the new covenant community and the provisions that we have been given to grow in Christ's likeness and fulfill the great commission to make disciples of all nations. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Bible reading today has given us much to praise God for. We can praise God for the sure mercies of David and for the gift of the Holy Spirit and the fellowship of the saints. And we certainly are grateful to have you joining with us in this adventure of reading through the Bible in a year. And we hope that you can be with us tomorrow. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can write us at podcast at newlife.org. And if you want to know more about New Life Community Church and its ministries, you can go to our website, newlife.org. And you can also subscribe there if you would like a written copy of our Bible commentary accompanying our reading with illustrations that might be helpful. So until tomorrow, adieu, adios. We commend you to God and to His grace. Amen.